Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another very exciting episode of Phantom Talk featuring our brand new segment, The Brothers with Issues. This is our third episode. However, this is our first episode covering the Marvel event of Judgment Day. And we're going to be covering um, the X-Men Hellfire Gala, the Eve of Judgment one-shot, and Judgment Day number one. So if you guys have not checked out those just yet or have or still want to uh, be spoiler-free, then feel free to come back to us later whenever you guys have caught up on those because um, we are going to be going pretty heavy into some spoilers and uh, on those books. But before we jump right into it, of course, we do want to introduce ourselves. You all know my voice, Jacob Vance Harsey, the editor-in-chief of this wonderful group known as the Phantom Correspondents. Uh, I am taking the lead on the Marvel event, and we have my wonderful co-host of the Brothers with Issues. We have issues. And you'll want them, too. And that uh, wonderful voice is the sultry Josh, better known as the wise sage. Sultry. Sultry, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you doing all right tonight, Josh? I'm doing well. Doing real good. I've got, I have a lot of thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts? Got a lot of thoughts. It's good. There's, there's a lot to cover in these. Uh, <coughs> Judgment Day runs very, very quickly, by the way. We already have three more issues currently in our comic file um, that... Uh, that oh, we are right. yeah, yeah we have three more issues in our comic file that we we have not bought yet we have not read yet so we're a little bit behind technically but not uh, really not really you know but but I mean that's just really just kind of how how quickly these things are moving mm-hmm. um, you got you got to stay up to date with them and if you don't or if you choose not to then that's what the brothers with issues are here for you for so exciting yeah, yeah it is exciting so we are going to start off with the Hellfire Gala issue. Um, this is kind of an interesting one because it's not technically part. It's not, of, but I, I think, don't know how you could read Judgment Day without knowing. Yeah, because what happens in this. one of the central, one of the central aspects of the crisis that's happening in Judgment Day, at least for the crisis of the world, mm-hmm. um, is that. And by the way, this is where the spoilers are coming in. Um, the world has now figured out, um, due to Cyclops's completely self-righteous uh, and utterly just return to form, mm. uh, Cyclops going to Ben Urich and saying, yep, the X-Men are able to resurrect themselves, as are all mutants oh. are able to resurrect themselves. That's interesting. Josh, I was actually going to ask you, do you care to give a brief summary of what has happened for the X-Men over the last three years? Uh, such as Krakoa and the resurrection protocols and things such as that. That was the thing you were going to ask me. Well, just here's off the top. Okay, no, 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 no we're going to do it. You asked me to do all the crisis. We're going to do it. We're going to do, do all the crisis. So okay, here we go. let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, so Jonathan Hickman, mm-hmm. he's like, bam, I'm taking over the X Men. Okay, mm-hmm. and he decides that what he's going to do for the X Men is you you open up in in two different storylines. You've got Powers of X and House of X. House of X. Okay. And you have these two concurrent storylines that are happening. In House of X, what you're essentially getting is this kind of story about Krakoa, how Krakoa is being formed, that kind of thing. One of the things you do learn, uh, you learn two essentially big things in House of X. Mm-hmm. Okay, One is that Moore McTaggart is a mutant, and she always has been a mutant. Mm-hmm. And Moore McTaggart's mutant powers is that she lives different lives. And we don't really know how that works. Uh, but it seems like she's resetting the universe every time she dies, which is a weird, weird mutant power. Uh, makes her one of the most powerful. However, one of the things we do learn is that uh, 
she has a finite amount of lives. Okay? Okay. One of the other things we learned is that one of her lives we didn't know anything about. Put a pin in that. That's going to matter here in a second. Mm-hmm. Okay? We learned about all of her lives except for one. In the life that matters now, she goes up to Charles and is like, hey, here's how all this ends for you every single time. Death, death, destruction, destruction, death, destruction, death, destruction. Okay? So Charles is like, hey, let's go tell us some Magneto. Hey, Magneto, this is how this happens to you every time. Death, death, destruction, destruction. And they just go around. They go to Apocalypse. They go to freaking Mr. Sinister. You know, they just go around and grab all of these powerful X-Men. They're mutants, excuse me. Grab all these powerful mutants and are like, we need to figure something else out. Thus, the thing they figure out is the island of Krakoa. Where they go, they live there. The other thing we find out in the island of Krakoa is through the power of Egg, uh, who is now one of the most important mutants on the face of the planet, yes. alongside a few other mutants, uh, Hope Summers being one of them, uh, form this thing called the Five. The Five have the ability to resurrect any mutant. Okay, so these are the two things that are real big in House of X. Powers of X didn't really come into play here, except the only important thing about Powers of X is that Powers of X tells a story about where all this is going into the future and how it, how one of the things they need to stop is they need to stop uh, Nimrod. Nimrod from taking over the planet uh, in a in a as an android and destroying everything, mutants and humans all together. Okay, mm-hmm. that's one thing you found out with Power of X, and you see. Uh, you see more McTaggart in the future and things like that. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff that happens. Uh, there was like this thing where like Apocalypse was like, we got to figure out mutants and magic, man. And so then like apparently Apocalypse was in love with a woman like mm. 1,500 years ago or something or like actually 15,000 years ago or something like that. And they had to go and fight these people and like it was weird and like you thought we were going to have like a bunch of cool duels and then one of the duels was like who can kill the kitten first and like it was just strange and everything what was that one called was that x uh at ten of swords or whatever ten of swords was the ten of swords. i don't remember the kitten yeah because they were like yeah it, it was definitely a thing um one of them was a walk off on um like a like, like who can do the best model walk? Uh, it was like I do remember that. Yeah. Yes. But um, but anyway, what happens is is that uh, Ten of Swords is set up by Saturnine. I'm to quote for you, bro. None of this really matters. Okay. Don't but worry about it. Don't worry about it. none of this really matters. What does matter is that if you're wondering where Apocalypse is, he's gone off with his long lost wife, and he's just like out there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that has to happen though that this is important is they have to replace. Apocalypse on there. They also have to replace Jean Grey, mm-hmm. who leaves... Oh, I'm sorry. What I'm saying replace on is the council. There's a council of 12 now. Mm. Somehow Mr. Sinister is on this council. Crazy. I'm always confused by this. Sure. You also have Exus on there, who mm-hmm. is who is a mutant evangelical. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's strange as well. Um, but you have all these guys on there. Um, Apocalypse leaves. He needs to be replaced. Also, another person to repl- be replaced at this point is uh, Magneto mm-hmm. and Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have three things need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. Somehow Mystique, uh, Mystique is is Angie because they because when Morgan McTaggart was like, "Hey, I'm going to do all this for you, but you cannot, you cannot let Destiny be resurrected no matter what." Okay. And all Mystique wants is for Destiny to be resurrected because she's like, hey, if we're going to resurrect all the mutants, one, I'd like to have my lover back. Two, 
it'd be pretty good idea to have a clairvoyant mutant. I just think that's a good idea. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know who else is out here thinking that's a good idea, but it might be a good idea. <laughs> and Magneto and Professor X is like, nah, toxic masculinity, nah. Mm. And so like, they don't do it. And uh, Mystique finally, because she's Mystique and because she's awesome, is like, okay, fine. If you're not gonna do this, I'm going to just find a workaway. And her workaround is uh, to make deals with everybody on the council, including Emma Frost. Um, and it's like, yeah, we're going just, hey, when I resurrect Destiny, all you have to vote to put her on the council along with me. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, Mort McTaggart freaks out. Mystique and Destiny try to kill Mort McTaggart. This breaks Mort McTaggart's mind. And that's when you find out that the life we didn't know about is Mort McTaggart becomes the Omega Sentinel. That's her last her last life. The Omega Sentinel is the Sentinel that sets into play everything happens with Nimrod and beyond. And that's the thing you find out, and that's when Jonathan Hickman leaves. That was Inferno. Mm -hmm. Now, where we're at now is more McTaggart is cray-cray. Mm -hmm. Okay? She has lost her mind. She has gone full Nazi geneticist, which she was always kind of there to begin with. Mm. And she's gone full into that. Okay? And so since she's a mutant, she's like, she hates herself, and she wants to kill all the mutants now. So she's working with all these people, including a clone of Mr. Sinister that has gone rogue that is now Dr. Stasis. Stasis, yes, okay. All right, she's working with them, also working with Fei Wong. Uh, or Fei it's Fei, Fei Long. It's Fei Long. No, it's, it's Fei Long. It's a Street Fighter character. Street Fighter character. Yeah. Okay. And all these people are make up Orcus, which are the group that is creating Nimrod, and is a group that is really about destroying, uh, keeping mutant in its place. Uh -huh. The thing they're really worried about is the second big thing that happens, and the thing that happened at the Hellfire Gala last year. If you remember the Hellfire Gala, we're in our year two. Mm -hmm. Last year, Hellfire Gala was like, everybody come here. Come see the Hellfire Gal. We're about to terraform. We're about to terraform Mars, and we're going to take it. Okay, and in front of all their friends, they they terraform Mars and take over Mars. Okay, so they have a planet now. So they now have a planet which is shared with a group of people uh, called the uh, the Arakai. Um, they are the people that Apocalypse was worried about fighting in Ten of Swords. Yes. But there is a truce now, and they share part of that planet with them. Mm -hmm. The person that is the liaison between Mars and Earth is Storm, okay? Mm -hmm. Who is the voice of Soul. Who is the voice of Soul. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay? So that, that as is... As in, he is the voice of the Milky Way galaxy as in our solar system. Right, exactly. Awesome. Yes, okay? All right? So that's the thing that's happening, mm -hmm. okay? All right? So now, that brings us pretty close to... Well, actually, no. The other thing that happens, of course, is that uh, when Scott and Jean... Uh, uh, when Jean leaves, Scott is offered her place. Scott turns it down and says, I want to be the head of the X-Men again. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so now you have an X-Men team. Okay? The problem was is that Ben Yurick finds out that, hey, we're pretty sure Cyclops died and he's back. Okay? Now, Cyclops tried to... Uh, go about this uh, with help of Forge and becoming uh, Mr. Krakoa or Captain, Captain Krakoa. Krakoa. Thank you. Um, and uh, it didn't work out well. Um, everybody figured it out because he looks just like Cyclops. There's like plants on him. <laughs> um, so like, we're doing some Superman stuff going on here, I guess. Uh -huh. um, and so Cyclops... So one of the things I don't like... So this brings us to Hellfire Gala. One of the things I didn't like about Hellfire Gala is, um, is the attempt to tell us Okay, that what Cyclops is doing is right. Jean Grey's like, you saw this trap before anyone else did. And I'm like, 
Shut up, Jean Grey. Okay? Because the trap that he supposedly saw for everyone else did was that once people realized, the humans realized, that um, that mutants are resurrecting themselves, they're going to get mad at the mutants and they're not going to like the mutants anymore. What is the central problem with that theory? That the they don't like the mutants now. I, mean, they, I was about to say there's a reason they, they never really liked the mutants. There's a reason they're on a on a on a island by themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, that they have gone to an island by themselves, and there's they have gone to an island by themselves. So they've set up by themselves. They have not attempted. Okay, in anything, this is very clear. They have not attempted any type of coup. They have not attempted any type of like takeover. The worst thing they did was try and protect a hospital in Madripoor, okay, from insurgents. Okay, that is the worst thing. Once again, I want to underline that is the worst thing they've done as far as like not obeying government sanctions. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. In fact, they're offering free medicine to everyone. That gives every that cures all these diseases and makes sure everyone lives in our fifteen to twenty years. Okay, sure. all right. They're offering free medicine, and of course, humans being humans are like, ah, we don't want your medicine. Okay, which by the way, most realistic thing in this entire comic. Book. <laughs> okay, so that so that that brings us up to this point right now. Okay, is that Cyclops now on the eve of the Hellfire God, which by the way is hilarious because I side one hundred percent with Emma Frost on this because Emma's all like, I cannot believe you did this. Okay, like right before the my my party. Okay, mm-hmm. like right and like she and then like everybody's everybody's like ruined your party. Blah blah blah. She's like, you don't understand what I'm doing here because Emma, if you don't know, is head of the Hellfire Club, uh, but is now head of Hellfire Trading. So like literally all the trading that they do, all of the diplomacy they do, comes from Emma mm-hmm. because. Lord knows you ain't gonna let Magneto do diplomacy because every time he does, he's like, "We're the lions and you're the lambs." Okay, so you got Emma doing it. Okay, all right. So like, there's absolutely no reason anyone else should do it. And so like, yes, I, I, I was, I was, I was with Emma when she was like, "I cannot believe you did this." Okay, I cannot believe that you like could you not have waited like two weeks? Okay, but what is interesting is because he did do that, now more people come to the Hellfire Gala. Um, because they want to see exactly well what are they what are they up to they want answers they want to know you know uh, they have questions um, and so that's that leads us to where we're at we go to the we start the Hellfire Gala off and uh, yeah and everybody has shown up Captain America Tony Stark mm-hmm. Doctor Doom Peter Parker Mary Jane uh, who is mm-hmm. being possessed by Moira McTaggart we'll yes. get to it yeah um, so like everybody has shown up. And that brings us to the point we're at. That only took me what? I'd say right around, right around 13, 13 minutes. minutes. 13 minutes. Okay, I'd good. Say, yeah. All right. All right. Not, I did pretty well. Not, not bad. Yeah. That's that was about that was about as good as I did with the crisis uh, crises, I suppose. Um, yeah. If you guys missed episode one, where Joshus looked me dead in the eyes and said, "Give me a brief summary of all the crisis comics." Yeah. Um, you gave me 30 years, I at least gave you just three to cover. But, right. but I think you did very well. I think you did a very good job. Um, and, and you are right, that does bring us up to speed pretty much with the X-Men and what's been going on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Judgment Day has really kind of been about three different groups. Um, now, I, I, I want to clarify this before we continue with the Hellfire Gala, because I am just curious... Josh, what are your thoughts on the Eternals, just as a in in general? As I am characters? hoping that at the end of Judgment Day, that 
we will never see the Eternals ever again. Mm. Ever again. Ever again. Like films, comics, everything. I don't like think this. we'll ever see them in films again. Really? But uh, I really don't want to see them in comics. This this is the this is the perfect way to get rid of them because they are they're a cosmic problem. And what's interesting about what's interesting about the beginning of Judgment Day is Kieran Gillen is writing them as a cosmic problem. Sure. If you it, when you we're not there yet, but essentially, what apparent this is what I'm taking from. I haven't read the Eternals books leading up to this, but like, you know, the Eternals are wrestling with the fact of like, hey, the Deviants weren't all bad. Maybe we. I mean, it's, it's it's like the end of I Am Legend. It's like maybe we were the bad guys all along. <laughs> so like, you know, you've got all these you've got all these Eternals doing different things. You've got uh, is it uh, Vakaris? or Makars? Makari. Makari. Okay. Makari. Makari. And, um, okay. But anyway, you got Makari and Cersei, or kind of, and Ajax. Well, Ajax, I thought was one of the ones that kidnapped Mister Sinister. That is the two of them, but that's the two of them, and they want to build a god. Okay, question: Who are you asking about? I'm asking about who who is uh, who, who's who's Superman Light. Superman Light is is a card. Oh, Icarus. Icarus. Okay, yeah, Icarus. Okay. So, like, one of the things we learned about Icarus is he he can't stand the fact now that one of the things that he has learned is that. Anytime an Eternal dies, the way they replace them is by killing a random human and then making a new Eternal. Okay? Um, so, yeah, once again, like, all this is issues and all reasons why the Eternals don't need to exist anymore. Okay? Because most of the Celestials don't need to exist mm-hmm. anymore. Okay? they All they do is cause problems. Okay? The Doom was absolutely right, you know, at the, at the beginning of Secret World when he was like, yeah, I'm just going to take this all myself okay because all they do is cause problems they 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 float out in the galaxy mm-hmm. and then they're like oh, i think i'm gonna destroy a world today and then there then there they go okay <laughs> and that's all they do and the eternals are the worst part of that because they're like the silver surfers of these celestials only like not cool and not on a surfboard mm-hmm. and like way way too melodramatic and also high minded and also arrogant okay mm-hmm. and so now now they're dealing with the fact that their own arrogance and their own high mindedness and their own blindness has led them to where they're at right now okay mm-hmm. and by the way they're still arrogant and blind because Cersei who Captain America ensures is like uh, she won't do anything bad she's a former Avenger still doesn't tell them hey they want to wipe out half the planet Okay, in a holy war, all your X-Men friends—they want to kill them. They want to kill the next evolutionary step. Okay. Real quick, does Cersei know that? Yeah, I mean, apparently, yeah. I mean, well, she she tells half the story to him. Okay. She, she, because because if here, here's the thing, because I, was, I wasn't certain that Cersei, Cersei knew that. Okay, at the they, end of it, Captain America's like she's keeping something from us, and then that's when Ajax and McCarty come and are like, "Hey, this is a holy war, so let's build a god." But we're not there yet. <laughs> Okay, we're not there yet. All right, so like, uh, yep, yeah, good point. Okay, good point. so anyway, but anyway, back to but yeah, but that no, I don't like the Eternals. So let's go back to Hellfire Gala. Okay, you shouldn't have asked that question that early. I don't think because uh, okay. it forced me to skip ahead. Ah, yeah. Well, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the Eternals really don't come in Hellfire Gala that much, except at the end where Mormon McTaggart is like, "Hey, I think you'd be perfect. Uh, I'm going to hire the Assassin Eternals because that's a thing. Mm. I'm going to hire them to kill all of the five, which is what happens at the end of the Hellfire Gala." Gotcha. Well, um, hmm. See, I was I was going to ask about the three different groups 
um, and and order. Well, and we got to get through the Hellfire Gala to do oh, that. Okay, though. You were the one that said we had to do the Hellfire Gala on this. I was going to. I asked you about the X Men, and then I was skipping. We haven't got we, to the Avengers yet because okay, all right. The the Avengers at the Hellfire Gala are all very confused and wondering why all their friends have kept secrets from them. Okay, and they're very angry about it. Mm-hmm. Not as angry as they are at the, the at the Eternals for it, but kind of upset about. It. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark, you know, kind of tells Emma like, hey. This is all going very, very badly for you. Um, you know, it's basically like, you know, you've opened the door, you can't close it anymore. And, of course, Emma basically rightly says, hey, it always ends badly for us, and you guys are never around, so we might as well do this to begin with. Okay? Which, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite part of this entire comic mm-hmm. is when Spider-Man is like, hey, do you think any of the music, do you think they could bring back some of the musicians? Because some of them had to be music. He's like, Hendrix, Bowie. And he's like, ah... You know, like Doctor Doom's like, I don't, I don't stop talking to me, and basically, and then Spider-Man's like, ah, you just listen to fascist music anyway. He walks away. There's a panel of silence, and the Doctor Doom goes, "Was Bowie a mutant?" <laughs> and it's my favorite, my favorite part of the entire comic because it makes all the sense in the world that Doctor Doom would be a David Bowie, a fan. massive David Bowie fan. That makes yes. all the yes. sense in the world. So uh, that was my favorite part of the mm. of the comic. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to ask, because I was going to ask about the... So the Hellfire Gala, for, for people who do not know, um, at least as of last year and this year, and I'm, I'm certainly hoping next year, I I would love for this to be an annual event that just kind of catches you up on everything that's going on with the X-Men and what's going to go further into the into this next year. Um, but the Hellfire Gala has always had uh, some fantastic celebrity cameos. Um, the most prominent one was in this issue with John Hamm, John Hamm. just being all over this issue. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about John Hamm? I love John Hamm in this, in this. And I love the fact that Emma is like, you know, all into John Hamm, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes perfect sense to me. Sure. Yeah. I would hope John Hamm becomes a mutant and joins the X-Men. That'd I would love that. Name. Like, that's like my, my only character, just John Hamm. Just John Hamm. <laughs> just John Hamm. You know, I don't know what his powers would be, but that'd be great. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely hope that like like I'm 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 sure that they have to have some kind of connection to the people that they're included in these, um, particularly with with someone being so prominent in the story. But I hope John Hamm is actually like a massive comic book fan. I don't know if he is or not. Right. Um, but I hope that he's actually very happy that he has been in this book because um, that was just a really fun kind of cameo. Um, Josh, talk about the new X Men team. Well, I, I was going to ask because I actually don't know who won the vote. So the vote was that Firestar that won the vote? Was she? Yes. Yeah. Really? That shocks me. So I've got the list here. Oh wait, no, no, no. There's one more who wins the vote. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry. One more time. Let me grab the book just real quick. Oh goodness me. Um. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So it's it's. Here's the thing. Three people who were on the voting list are on this book, or are really? on the team, because Forge, Firestar, and Havoc were all three on the votes, hmm. which is kind of weird because there was a big, big push for Monet to be part of the team. Um, I mean, that's who I voted for. Always that's who I voted for. Monet. That's who uh, um, Cerebrocast, Con- uh, Connor Goldsmith, uh, voted yeah. for as well. So, like, um, I'm, I'm okay with the team. Uh, the team is stacked. Uh, you have... Uh, the team actually makes a little more sense than the other one does. I don't like the fact Laura's not on the team, and if Laura doesn't end up in another book, I'm going to be very, very upset. Agreed. Um, but there's... Uh, my problem with the, this X-Men team is that there are opportunities to sh- 
shine a light on a lot of mutants that don't typically get the light shined on them. Um, there's also opportunities to do some like interesting stuff of like, like I understand they're the new mutants, okay, all right, because mm. but they put magic on the team, mm. but magic's interesting and all, okay, uh, and I like magic, okay, but like Danny Moonstar would have been amazing on the team. Danny Moonstar would have been really cool. Um, yeah. And so like you know there's just but yeah I mean it, it's really cool. Uh, Iceman of course is on the team. Uh, this might be the most stacked from a power level team. You've got two. Technically, three Omega level means if you count Sync because Sync now has that power where he can he doesn't even have to be in. I was about to say Sync absolutely should be a Mega level. Yeah, Sync doesn't yeah. even have to be near a mutant now to use their powers. Although it does apparently take part of his uh, part of his life uh, away from him or something like that because he's like having um, he's like having like uh, issues getting old or whatever. I don't know something like that. Um, he's aging rapidly. Yeah, he's aging yeah. rapidly. Like, they talked. They talk about it at the beginning of it. Um, but they just kind of kind of gloss over. Mm-hmm. But it's a stacked team. I mean, Magic, of course, is dominant. And Magic might be... Is Magic Omega level? She might be, actually. Possibly? I don't know if she's not, but really like, Magic... Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ma- Magic, of course, is str- extremely strong. Iceman is Omega level. Uh, Firestar is, a, is an interesting choice. Um, because Firestar, although always been a mutant, has never been involved really with the mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma's the one that puts her on there. Um, Ford uh, doesn't want to be an X-Men, so that's interesting. Uh, Havoc, of course, is very shocked by it, but I'm glad Havoc is on here because Havoc just had the worst time as part of the as part of uh, Sinister's uh, no, no, not no, X-Men, as part of Sinister's Hellions. So I'm glad he's on there. Mm-hmm. I do like this team. I do like it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, uh, that doesn't really really have anything to do with um, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think all those guys are coming to play in Judgment Day, but it doesn't really have anything to do with, with it. Um, the thing that you know, the two things that happen here that have stuff to do with Judgment Day is you find out Mora's uh, taken over Mary Jane, mm-hmm. um, and then of course at the end of it, Mora is like hiring the the assassin eternals mm-hmm. um to take out uh the five mm-hmm. that is uh that is what uh she wants to do um and so that leads us into eve of judgment where we basically read an entire book about drug building a big bomb mm-hmm. what are your what are your thoughts on drug real quick i hate drug you hate drug i hate drug in the movie like mm-hmm. it was very hard like because I, I remember when we were doing the podcast like Alyssa that was Alyssa's favorite character I think it was Jenny's favorite character too and I'm just sitting there going his entire power is removing free will from people I don't know why this is anyone's favorite character but but I mean I'll, I'll give it to whoever uh, you know if you but like here's, here's what I'm saying the movie at least was kind of like uh, he's kind of an anti-hero kind of thing because that's what they did with all the Eternals but in the comic Drug is an absolute evil. Like, they call him the snake at the beginning of this. Mm. And somehow, Drug has... Once again, I'm not reading the Eternals comic, so I have no clue how Drug became the head of the Eternals. I don't know whose decision that was. Um, but I don't know who makes decisions for the Eternals to begin with. Um, but uh, Drug's entire thing is that he wants to keep the Eternals and unite them through a common enemy. There are political and uh, real-world applications mm. 
to what Druig is doing. Hmm. But his entire thing is to unite them against a common enemy. He decides his common enemy is the X-Men. The X-Men apparently have the deviant gene, or I guess they assume the X-Gene... They're gene, considered X, excess deviation. Okay, so the X-Gene is the is, is a deviant gene? Uh, more so the fact that they have, they're able to resurrect. That's what I took, is that he's more so upset that okay. they can resurrect well, themselves. Whatever. Because at that point, they're too powerful. Um, okay. I, I don't know, he, dude. Like I, I need you all to understand the life that like just I don't slowly know, faded I, from Josh as I said that. I just I just <laughs> want I I I just want them to die so mm. badly. Damn. Like I want them all gone. Like a couple Cersei and I guess Icarus fine, but like man, all the Crow, others. Crow seems fine. Crow the Deviant? He I mean, yeah, right. Crow's okay. Yeah, I guess he's okay. I don't know. But then, of course, then even he's a lot. But, gosh, they're all... I, I defy anybody to read the Eve of Judgment book and be an Eternals fan. Every one of them is so self-righteous. Like, I mean, like... like people were complaining about how self-righteous Tony Stark was in the Christopher Cantwell book, you know, mm-hmm. like how, like, you know, just arrogant and all stuff. They complained about that, too, in the, in, in, um, Matt Fraction's run. Yes. You know, and everything. And I'm just like, the Eternals are over here literally talking about how they're gonna judge an entire world. And, like, they're just, like, having this discussion, like, the way you would be like, do you like omelets or do you like your eggs over easy? That's how they have this discussion. <laughs> and it is annoying as all get out. And because they have such a power level, because they're all OP, that you can't do anything about it. Which is why, for the first time, I'm really hoping they come up against a group in the X-Men that is like, oh yeah, we, we, we got this. Like, we've got we've got people that can definitely deal with your stupidity. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, one of the things I did find that in- interesting, though, in Eve of Judgment, okay? I think the most interesting part of this, um, because once again, I don't know how Eternal's lore works, Okay? But they, he gets, Druig goes to a council of red people. I don't know who that, but I, I don't know who they are. Do you know who they are? I didn't know who they were. Okay, all right. So, like, but that's, one, that, that's the only way I can describe them. We, so, as Josh has already stated, we have not been reading The Eternals book by Kieran Gillen. Um, if anyone has, and they want to comment on this and give us a little... Give us a little background. Um, we, in fairness, I, I should have researched. I should have researched them, and I will. T- I will take ownership of that. I should have researched more. Um, and before the next episode, I'm not taking I ownership. Will, I don't want to read any more Eternal. I know stuff. you don't want to, but I'm going to take ownership of that. And okay, I will well, say you that can, I'm going to research more. You can take ownership episode. all you want, but <laughs> if if it be a sin <clears throat> to not read Eternals, then a sinner I am. Okay, so like, but anyway, they. They, he goes and talks to a bunch of red people, and the red people are like, yeah, go kill the X-Men. But I did think it was interesting. There's a part... I, here you go. A part of Eternal's lore I found interesting. Ooh. <laughs> when they, when, so Druig is like, go build a big bomb. And of course he gets a... He gets a... He gets a... a knockoff Spock Eternal to build a bomb who like, only cares about the scientific application of all these things. And so, like, he builds the bomb or whatever, and he's and they set the bomb, and they're like, "Cool, we'll have bomb. We'll we'll destroy an entire race before drinks." Ha ha ha! Hardy har har. Okay, and then all of a sudden, like, they start hemorrhaging, and like like blood starts coming out of their eyes and everything, and they're like, they're like, "You can't do you. You're gonna kill Krakoa," and apparently, Krakoa is something they can't kill. 
the narrator who I haven't figured who the narrator is yet. I haven't, I haven't either. But the narrator is like because Krakoa is a really nice guy, we'll talk about it. I don't know what that means, but but <laughs> but, one of, but but that is interesting to me because I will say this: that goes back into a lot of the lore that the X Men have done with Krakoa, where Cipher is like. You think I'm talking for Krakoa, but like I'm just like barely translating what he's saying. Mm. This is it, it, like it's a very hard thing for him to do and deal with. Black Tom's the same way. Mm. Black Tom, you know, who's like saying security because he supposedly can control, um, you know, the uh, the plant life or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And so he's like, well, yeah, he can. So, but Black Tom's like, I can't do it. Like Krakoa talks to me and tells me what they want me to do. Mm-hmm. It's that is interesting to me. What do you think of that? Because I thought that was the I thought that was the only part of Eve of Judgment that I was like, this is inter- this is not a slog to get this. So, so I I did really like that part because I to me it confirms like excuse me it confirms like things that <clears throat> like you had said like Cipher and Black Tom had kind of been hinting towards that Krakoa is not just a sentient island. It is one of the most sentient beings, like in the galaxy, basically. Yeah, almost like it's like um, I would it, say Kakoa is an Omega it, level. It was, like, but but itself. yeah, but it almost reminds me of like how we talk about the Ten Rings now. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. like it's 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 like it's beyond this stuff. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's like beyond the Celestials. It's mm-hmm. like beyond. It's like it's something that that is not. I don't know. Like continue though. I'm sorry. So to to me, especially as we because you you talked a little bit about. Ten of Swords and the the Iraq, Iraqi, I think it, or Iraqi. It's, uh, uh, it's I've been saying but like Arakai, It's so so. One of the things in Ten of Swords that they find and what they rename Mars as is Araco. It mm-hmm. is uh, A R A K K O, mm-hmm. um, and you put an I instead of the O at the end, and that's the people of Araco. Um, I'm gonna go with Araki. Um, but the interesting thing about them is that you find out they are two, basically two halves of a whole. Um, I think there's even a point where they almost call them like lovers to each other or something to that effect. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that's kind of it's kind of weird. It, um, it is weird, but it, but it's, it's definitely a connection. It's definitely a connection. But because of that, because they are two parts of a whole, and we know that Araco is, I mean, thousands of years old. You know, you you brought the Celestials. I don't think you're too far off. I think that if at the end of this they confirm that Kakoa was a, was like somewhere with the Celestials as well, or like a, a part of them, like at the same time that they were the Living Tribunal and the Arashim or whatever his name is, and they were creating the Eternals and different things like that, I would not be surprised. Yeah, um, that that brings me to what I will say is the first Josh prediction for this. Oh, the ending of this thing will end with with finding out mutants have celestial blood. Mm. That that is my opinion of what's about to happen here. Gotcha. Um, sure. Because I just think that's that's where this is going. So you think the mutant gene in itself comes from the celestials then, or something like that? Something yeah. That or or you know, or we find out it comes from Krakoa. Because Krakoa is a celestial, and or something like so, so something to that effect. Something to that effect. Okay. Okay. I because I don't like as much as I say I want the Eternals to get killed. The, the Eternals are not going to get killed in this mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Like I do, and I I think the Eternals are going to have a different, you know, um, place in the universe. Place in universe, or like a different. Um, what I'm trying to say, um, standard or status. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they're going to get killed. Okay. Um, some of them might. 
I mean, it I'm, might let, be. Let's. I mean, yeah. let, let, dude. Let, let's let's at kill at least Drew. Drew, let's kill Drew. Drew let's needs just, to go. Yeah. Let's get rid of him. We can we can at least like there there are things to be said about the others, but Druig is the worst. Like he is when when Kingo says Druig sucks in the movie, like it I felt it more yeah. in 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 this. in this comic. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah. But but to answer your question though, I, I love everything with Krakoa right now. Like right. with him, what the island itself. Um Also real quick, oh, I yes. love the fact that Cypher was the one? By the way, you, you you've always been a Cipher fan. I have always been. A the Cypher last fan. three years have been really good for they you because Cipher is great. one of the most important uh, X Men. He is. He's the only one that figures out what's happening with Inferno. He figures out what's happening in Inferno on his own. Yeah. Uh, without anyone telling him. Okay. Uh, which I love, but I love the fact that he tells Peter. He's like, yeah, she's real nice, but. I do want to point out she was tapping SOS on her glass. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting, really cool moment. Mm-hmm. I love it when writers can um, take a power, because, of course, Cypher's power is all with language. Mm-hmm. Including uh, body language. Yeah, and yeah. body language and understanding. Um, but, like, I love it when writers can take a power and use it in a way um, that... Uh, that makes sense within the story without it being overbearing. Mm-hmm. Karen Gillan's fantastic at that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys just are doing Darth Vader on, or just did Darth Vader on Star Wars EU or U. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good at showing power without it being like an overbearing, like, you know, just, uh, well, like what Echo ends up doing and, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know what, it, yeah. yeah, but just like really good at like showing like, oh, Cypher's very powerful and very useful. Uh, here's three panels letting you know that, you know, that's really cool to me and Kieran Gillen's really good at that. I do want to make a cr- quick correction because I do agree that Kieran Gillen is great at that. Did he not write Hellfire? Gar- Gary Duggan. Is that Gary Duggan writing that. Okay, never mind. Gary well, Duggan's really good at that. that. Yeah. Gary Duggan, like, and that's one of the things I, I wanted to say about the new X-Men team is I'm going to miss it because his his ability of putting Polaris and um, and and Laura mm-hmm. and uh, and all them and like in like these different what because I remember thinking like well, what what's Polaris and Jean Grey gonna do you know on the same team because mm-hmm. they're basically the same I mean Polaris is like has magnetic powers but like he found really interesting ways to use that also I love the fact that Polaris kept showing up of a Starbucks cup man that yep. was the best thing I'm gonna miss that uh, mm. but Polaris for life guys okay Polaris she became, is delightful she became one of my favorites uh, but anyway I'm sorry moving on no no you're, you're good you're good um, so yeah so like you said Eva Judgment ends with um, the bomb not working right. and so then Drew is like I've got another plan mm-hmm. so a character that you and I had no Who is that? Not. All right, so that is... Knock off Thanos? That is Thanos' father. So, yeah, knock off Thanos. Knock off Thanos. Okay. So, or father or grandfather. One of the... So, so, so... He's never your, a purple guy. Your, your Ranos is his Your Ranos. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Um, I know... I don't remember the, his exact... He might even be Thanos' brother. Um, but I know... Uh, and also Eros' brother at that point... But I know he's Druig's grandfather, because Druig calls him grandfather. Um, for those of you who do not know, um, as Josh was always quick to point out during the podcast, if I remember correctly, um, Thanos is and has a connection to the Eternals. Um, that is kind of a part of him. Um, he's a Titan. I don't know what that has to do with the lore. I think it's like a... It's like a I think it's like two different bloodlines, basically, but okay. like connected by marriage or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, 
Of course. Anyway, sure. Yeah. Because you're an eternal, why wouldn't you marry a crazy, bloodthirsty type? Well, of course. You know, you it kind of follows. You because you know? you're immortal and you're just, the rules don't apply to you. <laughs> so, so Druid goes to him, and my assumption is that, because once again, we have not read the Eternals books, I'm assuming the Eternals books led to that being like a big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I knew about the Eternals books is that Thanos tries to come back after everything that happened in the Jeff Lemire and Donny Cates stuff, and then the Eternals basically try to sweep it under the rug, and that's why the Avengers that's are very... That's a big very, part of the Avengers. And that's thing, why the yeah. Avengers are very upset with them, because... Yeah. Because, you know, like... Even for those of you who do who are like us and don't know a whole lot about the Eternals, you at least know that if Thanos is around, some of the bigger names should probably know about that. Like that that's something you tell Steve Rogers and Tony Stark and Natasha Romanov and Echo who is currently the Phoenix, you know, like you 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 start to talk to those guys. Um but for some reason they didn't, uh, presumably because um well, I'm assuming you would say that because they are um, overtly judgmental and high-minded and assume that they could take care of and themselves arrogant, yeah. and arrogant. Um, and so, I don't know where Uranus fell into that, but for some reason, and I don't even know where Thanos is. I, I need to read those books, honestly. But for some reason, Uranus is locked up, and Druig is like, I'm going to let you out for, or excuse me, leading into in Judgment Day. Because mm-hmm. that because that finale leads right into Judgment Day, uh, where he's like, I'm going to let you out for an hour. So all you're gonna get, and uh, yeah, and oh boy, does he does he do some stuff? So, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Judgment Day and about the different things so, that kind of yeah, start of course, off there? With Judgment Day, we start off with uh, I thought a pretty pretty interesting scene where Jean Grey's like, um, you know, I can sense this. This is they're they're seeing the the people um, protesting this um, because once again in a I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that Kieran Gillen uh, and Marvel have the guts to do this, because what this storyline should be, or at least part of this storyline should be, is um, understanding that when oppressed people do things to stop their oppression, you can't judge them for that. Mm. Um, James Baldwin, you know, famously said, you know, if I'm a white person and I say give me liberty and give me death, well, white people applaud all over. Now, if I'm a black person and I say give me liberty and give me death, well, I'm just a stupid blank. You know, I don't I don't have anything uh, good to say and I need to be shut down. There's a lot of that here. What Jean Grey, of course, focuses on with that anger, of course, that there's also as she puts a jealousy. My daughter died. Why can't she come back? Why do you get to come back? Of course, my answer is. Because basically we've spent, you know, we've spent half of Marvel's entire existence watching people kill and murder the X-Men. Jonathan Hickman talks about that really good when he when he does the No More sign mm-hmm. scene in uh, in one of the it's in one of the House of X issues. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, it's when they that. all die again, mm-hmm. and he's like No More, and it just shows like so many times of them just getting killed, getting massacred, mm-hmm. Genosha, all this thing that happened. Um. So, like, you know, that that was a, you know, that, that but that was an interesting take. But I do hope Marvel has the has the guts to at least make that part of the story because that's how I take it. You know, I, yeah, we, we can argue about, like, 
because you're, you're going to ask me the theological question later on. We can argue about the morality <laughs> and the theology of, like, resurrection protocols. We can sure. argue about that, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but this is a response from an oppressed group. Uh, all of Krakoa is a response from an oppressed group being like, okay, you've oppressed us. This is how we're going to make our stand now. Um, and, like, that is a central part of the X-Men story. Um, so I, I do hope that's part of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, ju- uh, Judgment Day starts off with that. Um, and then, of course, we have, like... I can't remember... Does, does, is it Nightcrawler who, who's, like, the attack is coming or something like that? So Nightcrawler... Um... Or no, Destiny. Destiny, Destiny, sees, Destiny sees a war on the horizon, and then Nightcrawler uses a gate to get to Araco to warn everyone. Right, Destiny sees the war on the horizon, and it's like it's not with, you know, like humans or Araki or, or, or whatever. He's like, you can't figure out. She finally pulls it together, and it's the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, that's who it is, and of course, like, <laughs> but I mean, I, I like. Because I, I do love, there's this like scene with K where like, well, it'll be difficult, but we can do it, and like, part part of this, you know, because I, I do I do think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see a shift, okay? Because it's called Judgment Day, it's not called War, it's called Judgment Day. We're gonna see a shift in this story, okay? But like, there is a part of me that's like, we need that part of this comic needs to show that yeah yeah the X Men, the mutants, if they want to. Yeah, they can stand up to the Eternals. They have the firepower. They have the Omega level mutant. I mean, don't you agree? I agree. You know, um, because like that—that that was what was interesting about Cable. You know, saying that. Um, you know, uh, like of course, and then Wolverine's like, I hate this, but get Beast and Brand on this. Uh, of course, Abigail Brand is a traitor. Uh, part of Orcus yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, put a pin in uh, that. Put a pin in that. <laughs> see where that goes later. <laughs> um, but like, um, but that you know, th- there's. That that that's one of the interesting things about this is like they you know they all realize if if prepared they can take they can take them you know um, now the problem is of course is that they're not prepared I don't know why the five are having a barbecue on the beach after Destiny has like said like hey there's a war going on mm-hmm. and I don't know why like my favorite part of this is like. Like what? Uh, describe. Tell me. Okay. Tell me what Professor X is thinking in this thing. Like, like, oh, I, well, I'll, deal with that for me on that. Like, cause I couldn't. I can't figure it out. So, <laughs> our clairvoyant has just said, an immortal race, powered by the Celestials, is coming to kill you. Mm-hmm. And Professor X's idea is like, well, we're, we don't even go to war yet now, do we? Like, we don't even, like, I mean, that's essentially what he says, that's, right? That's basically, yeah, that's basically the premise. I, my, my thought process. So I, I took that me personally. As Professor X, Professor X has never really had much of a backbone. He just never really has. I, God, no pun intended. I excuse me on that. But um, when it comes to without Magneto, he does not have that. We need to stop them mentality. I kind of understood that because that's old school Professor Xavier. And Professor Xavier has not always been the most intelligent person, contrary to his abilities. Agreed, but are we or not school Professor Xavier? <sighs> Professor Xavier's already been killed once, by he the has, way. Yes, that's okay. true. He has. So, like, I mean, is, is that is that what we're going Twice with this? Now, actually, because, like, 
You know, Professor X, you know, in my opinion, um, is the most, with the exception of Beast, is probably the most morally ambiguous person of the mutants right now because he does things that, in my opinion, are objectively how they treated Mystique was objectively wrong. Yeah, absolutely. okay. And Mystique's horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what they did to her, and it was also kind of stupid because Mystique's extremely capable. Yeah, uh, but it was it was objectively wrong. You know, um, so like, I, but I I don't know. But anyway, continue. So for me, I kind of took, I kind of took that and the two attacks that happened as. I almost took it as because well, Ben Ben Percy talks about this um, has Wolverine mentioned this, um, and it also kind of I think they even make a small Jerry Duggan makes a small reference to it in or no excuse me Kieran Gillen makes a small reference to it in Judgment Day, where Krakoa feels too safe for a lot of people, so because of that, it when you're when you feel safe you're not as on guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why Wolverine has never really felt safe on Krakoa because he realizes he can't. He has to be the one who is constantly that way. Um, that's kind of why to and I apologize. I know I'm skipping around, but that's kind of why I was okay with the idea of the five are having a barbecue. You know, like I know I know it seems silly, but once again, if they're already thinking, well, the attack's happening on Araco. Or if they're thinking, which but are they thinking is. that? Like to me, to me, it's like our clairvoyant, who's never wrong, has seen as a, has seen an attack. Mm. The proper response to that, but is, didn't he say it's on Araco though? It's an attack from the Eternals. I, I understand that, but I'm but I'm I, no, I don't saying. think she does say. That. I think she, we're going to war with the Eternals. So like the first thing, okay, mm. is like, well, here's the thing: our war, we can, we can, we can. We can go to war forever if we want to. That's our strategic capability. We can go to war forever because we can always resurrect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as long as we have that ability, you know, like to me, it's like, hey guys, you know, maybe have the barbecue underground. You know, like, <laughs> you know, let's set up a ping pong table down there because, like, you know, their egg is on the beak when the, the when beach. that random yeah. dude when when. He gets stabbed. Random guy you know, killed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who that guy. I'm, that, he's he's one of the Eternals. Yeah, no, like no, he's, he's like a knife man. Okay, like, <laughs> you know, like, like he shows up. And but to your point, Wolverine is the one that's like, oh, Wolverine's the one that figures out what's happening before anybody. Oh, yeah, which is stupid. Cyclops is there too. Cyclops has been through this crap as well. Like, true. It, like I don't understand how he's not like. We need to we need to save the five. You know, like to me that is the, you know, because. If you don't have the five, mm-hmm. then you can't resurrect Magneto, who's just died. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, spoiler alert. Okay, mm-hmm. but like you can't like we're gonna need that guy, you know. So yeah. like, you know, I, to me, there's a there's a very real. Um, the, 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 I, I don't think know. Most of the X Men Red Team dies in that, don't they? Yeah, Storm. Yeah, Storm. Storm's knocked out. I think does Nightcrawler make it out? Nightcrawler's the one that makes it out and tells yeah. you know and tells them what happens yeah. or yeah because uh, excuse us because that's the whole thing is that uh, Uranus um, he literally has an hour um, on Araco and basically knocks out how many do they say it is something to I don't know man like, it's, it's, he killed it's, everybody it's in the thousands yeah. like it is in it is in the thousands of mutants just gone in an hour mm-hmm. um and that's kind of the whole thing there um 
and then while that's happening, uh, is it? It's Moira and the assassins that are attacking on Krakoa, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, well, just the assassins, really. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, because Moira is behind the scenes of them. Gotcha. Because the assassins, so they. This, in fairness, in fairness to something Jake pointed out, did they know what was happening? The assassins are technically not with the Eternals. I don't mm-hmm. know if you figured that. Yeah, because they're in, in evil they, judgment. I was just about to say that. You yeah. there's this very uh, tenuous or very arduous part at the beginning, where they're like, "Here's all the groups of Eternals. It's literally like eighty people. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how they all are like aligned." The that alignment is under the for the highest bidder. Yeah, the mercenaries. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah, I mean, but it's it's still one of those things where it's like, you know, who's coming after you? It's you true. Know? So I don't know, but yeah, to your point, I think you, I think you're right. I think they're saying like this; they were too safe. Mm-hmm. And so now I, w- I would assume in the second one they're gonna be like, okay, okay, yeah, everybody uh, locked down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're gonna because um, I think because I think also because like. One one thing that is kind of, and I guess it's because it was the gala itself, but like literally reading these together, you have by all technical reference two issues prior, Bishop not wanting any of them to attend the gala mm-hmm. because there's going to be so many people there. But in fairness, I think it's it's um, uh, it's Magic who says like, look, if all five of them are here in front of us, that's our best chance of protecting them. Yeah. You know. So, but but it was kind of weird, like like you said, because it's like to go from that to go from to go from that to let's have a barbecue on the beach, yeah. you know, kind of situation. But you know, but I think you 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 asked me about Xavier. Um, I think it's a timing issue. I really do, and because I think it's I think it's everything. I think in his mind, he's he's like, I don't want to have to go to a war with this with this alien race. Meanwhile, the humans have just now found out everything that we can do. And I think he's nervous about basically two wars on two fronts at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think he's kind of... I think in his mind, at least at that point, his thought process is, I don't want to go to a war. I want to wait until it comes to us and then we have to deal with it. Which, in fairness to him, the way it ends is Druig... You know, being like, "Hey, we've hijacked all of your technology. Yeah, we didn't do this telepathically because we're not like that." Nice old dig at the X Men yeah. of being like, "We're coming to kill all the mutants," um, and we see people when for, excited about that. Yes, uh, for for the record, what Josh was talking about is they he they hijack like all of the cell phones and laptops of the world, mm-hmm. as opposed to three years ago when uh, Xavier just. Telepathically talk to everyone in the world, right? Um, just to just to clarify for people yeah. who haven't read that. So, Excuse so me. once again, this is a you know there is a sense of this is a battle, you know, not only not only in the you know uh, war of attrition sense, mm-hmm. but also in the sense of like you know this is a battle for the hearts and souls of of the world, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is a battle that the mutants tend to lose a lot of times. Yeah. So I I did think that was interesting. We have left out though. I was about to say the Avengers. Yeah, I was. Th- I was gonna. I was gonna finish there. So, so, your thoughts on the Avengers and their stance in this? So, my favorite moment in the entire comic is Echo just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just owning Cersei's <laughs> arrogant, stupid self, and like, um, 
here's my here's my issue with Cersei. This this is a here this is this um, is a real quick uh, for those who are unaware. Echo currently is the holder of the Phoenix. Force. Echo's Phoenix. Yeah, um, Echo which is, is awesome. Which is amazing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, here here's my issue with Cersei. Okay. That they bring up. Okay. Cersei of all the Eternals, as far as I know. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Okay. Cersei's the only one that's ever been an Avenger. Right? I don't think Icarus was ever an Avenger. I have a hard time believing Druig was. <laughs> Icarus is the only one I'm iffy on. I know, because I know for a fact Cersei was. Yeah. Icarus, I think, like, might have been, like, a connective thing. Like, he showed up in a couple of issues, okay. but I don't know if he was ever an official member. I know for a fact Cersei was an official member. You are correct. Yeah, so there's this... Cersei was, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s on Avenger, I believe. Right before... I think she was uh, in the 80s, too, though. Maybe in the 80s, too. So. But, like, but anyway, during that time when, once again we were like, we're going to forget the Eternals exist. Because that happens a lot of times with Marvel. It does. Okay? Um, and so, but they like the character Cersei. Cersei is a, is a, is a, is an Avenger. Um, you know, uh, she has relationships, uh, close ties to all, I mean, to, to, to all three of the big, the big three in, mm-hmm. in Captain America, uh, Tony Stark and Thor. Okay. There is no reason, in my opinion, for her to be dishonest at all about what has happened. That's fair. And Tony Stark realizes really quick that she's being dishonest. Hence, Echo, and then Captain Marvel and Thor, like, hey, we've got her. Which, by the way, one of the interesting things about this as well, okay, that's not really getting played up. This, is this, you tell me, you're, you're the Avengers guy. Is this the most powerful Avengers team of all time? Oh, absolutely. Um, so... To, so for people who have not been caught up on the Jason Aaron Avengers, um, I'm just going to read you off the team just real quick. May I? Yeah. Okay. All right. So with the newest member being Echo, uh, with the Phoenix Force, might I add, right. um, the current team consists of Captain America, Tony Stark Iron Man, Thor, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Blade, Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider, She-Hulk... I think that's it for right now. Who, by the right. way, She-Hulk right now, it like so, so you might be saying, like, well, what about Hulk? Well, She-Hulk right now has all the powers of Hulk and the intelligence. Oh, yes. So, like, literally on the Hulk level. Mm-hmm. So, there's, like, right off the top of that, you've got, like, you've got, like, four Omega Omega mm-hmm. superheroes. Oh, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. Well, well, no, well uh, it's not Clea. anymore. Because he, yeah. he's passed on now. But uh, Clea, Clea yeah. shows up and is yeah. like, hey... Yeah. That, was, that was another interesting thing about Hellfire Guy. Cleo was like, hey, maybe you should resurrect Doctor Strange. And like Emma's like, he's going to come back. And I'm like, Emma's like, what are you talking like, You're the sorcerer's brave. He's come back. I don't know what, what you do. I don't, this is the least know, of my worries. Yeah, right now. Just, we will see got, Steven again. Exactly. Like, you know, but like, I thought that was kind of funny. Um,. But no, I, I mean this is this is a powerful Avengers oh, yeah. team. No, there's no there's no way around it. This is one of the so so the entire I mean the entire thing is that like of what Jason Aaron's run has been doing is that he's been dealing with this idea of the Avengers as basically an, a and a planetary defense force. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the whole point of the of the BC Avengers with Agamotto and the first Iron Fist and the first Phoenix and everything. Um, and leading into the Avengers Forever stuff that he's doing, that he's going to be doing ne- next year with Avengers Assemble, which is going to be his finale. Um, 
But, I mean, you have to think about that. You're literally defending an entire planet. And I understand that we've already seen, you know, the main six Avengers in the first film take on the Chitauri. We've seen them all take on Thanos and so on and so forth. But, like, this is almost more than that. Because this is literally, like, they are stopping threats before they happen kind of Mm -hmm. situation. Because they're that powerful and they're that good. Also, their tower is... Their tower is um, basically... the. Effectively, the celestial that you see at the end of the Eternals film, right? Um, it's, it's a call that, that happening in that mo- in the movie is a callback to that because the first arc was the, what's called the final host. One of the celestials comes to Earth and is like, and basically does the entire plot of the Eternals. Mm-hmm. Only it takes way less time for them to be like, well, we need to take mm-hmm. care of the situation because the Avengers are like, I don't think so, scary. Basically, um, and Captain Marvel and She Hulk are the best, and mm-hmm. it's 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 great. The, this run's been fantastic. I will readily admit that. If you, if you haven't had a chance to check out Jason Aaron's Avengers run, you need to. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it is a powerful team, and it's and and I also love the fact that. Every single one of them. Like, there has never been a... In all... I think we're up to now 56 or 57 issues. The entire thing has been with T'Challa at, as the backbone of... You are the one who would be capable of controlling this kind of powerful team. He is the chairman of the Avengers. Um, and I just... I really like that concept. There's also... Um, while we're talking about the Avengers... Mm-hmm. There's a tangential team as well... Mm-hmm on the side that's connected to the Avengers um, and had some interesting interactions in the Hellfire Gala mm-hmm. um, and had some interesting interplay here and any time gods show up uh, it seems like the Fantastic Four are involved. Sure. Um, we didn't get to see much of them in Judgment Day 1 but they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely part of it because we are getting um Judgment Day books that are Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. but we're also getting Judgment Day books that are Spider Man, which I find interesting. Um, so there's um, there's there's more there's more going on here with these uh, with these guys. The interesting thing about Reed, um, and like the pro <laughs> with Reed, I never know where Reed stands with anyone. Mm-hmm. Reed is upset with the X Men. I didn't. I don't know when this happened. Um, it had to have happened in one of the Fantastic Four books, or it had to happen when, like, but like Reed. No, I remember it happening. When did it happen? I can't. Is remember. it X-Book? They mind wiped me too. Is it an X-Book? Yeah. Because I remember it happening. Like, that's the thing. Because I remember all that stuff that went down with Franklin, where Frank, Franklin was like warping reality to be a mutant, but he's not really a mutant, which, mm. boy, what a cop out. But, like, um, but. <laughs> But I don't remember them mind. But they they mind wiped Reed because Reed had invented, um, had invented a way to mask the X gene. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so they mind wiped him and took that knowledge away from him. And then here's the best part, though. Okay, and this is what I'm talking about with the the Professor X hubris and why it's like I don't know he because he's not the same. Mm-hmm. He just isn't. They, him and Magneto went and just told him about it. It was like, yeah, we did this, and we want you to know we can do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it was literally. A, I mean, like Reed views it as a threat. I think it is a threat. You know, um, and it's you know, and so like there's basically what I'm saying is like with Judgment Day, I find Judgment Day very interesting um, in the sense that 
there are a lot of moving pieces that um, are coming into play here. Um, maybe, maybe that's one thing. Maybe I'm thinking of the time where they go to tell him. Maybe we, ha- maybe we haven't actually seen it, and we've just seen the aftermath of it. Maybe that's the whole point. It's possible. I, but I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. You're I'm, fine. Tr- I'm trying to figure that out because it's it, it's funny. I'm trying to remember the when the mind wipe happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like that's the thing about like it, it it's it's the it's it's the exact opposite of like the mind wipe in uh in identity crisis where like they were trying to keep it a secret. Professor X and Magneto, we don't want it to be a secret. Mm-hmm. We want you to know we can do this. We want you to know what we can do. Okay? Um, there's a sense of like bullying's not the word, but there's a sense of like telling Reed like you know, because Reed has been Reed, Reed and Tony Stark have been at the forefront of of humankind like humankind's ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a sense of them being like we're just letting you know that, like, you're not the top dog anymore, okay? Um, we have this ability, and we don't mind using it over and over and over again if we have to. The next time you interfere in what they per- perceive to be mutant kind, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, like, so what I'm saying is, like, there, th- this book, there's a lot of moving parts that are crashing into each other, um, you know, and and I, I am intrigued to see where it goes, um, you know. And like, there's very, <laughs> which of course leads us to, and I mean, we'll end here, um, you know, our our ending point of this. Okay. Mm. Somehow, is it is it Ajax and Macari? You said Ajax and Macari. Yeah. Yeah. What have Ajax and Macari done? So they have kidnapped one of the clones of Mister Sinister. And I don't or, think it's one of the clones. Or excuse me, because he's not. Because he, well, because he's not at the council. Oh, you're right. So okay, so okay. Let, so back up. So let's back up. You have, you have to realize that Mr. Sister has a lot of clones. So like he does. He does. I, like, he does. He, give me some slack he, here. He does have a lot of clones, but right now his clones consist of him and Evil Doctor Stasis. And Doctor Stasis. All yeah. of his other clones are clones of. More McTaggart because he's using more McTaggart to try and figure right. out, yeah. to try to be clairvoyant in the same way Destiny is. Yep. <coughs> Back to more Lexman. I don't know if that's going to come to play. <coughs> Excuse me, it's hot where we're at. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to come into play here or not, but um, but that's what he's doing right now. So I think that's the actual Mister Sister. Hmm. Well, as much of the actual Mister Sister as it can be. Sure. Um, because then, then you start getting into the uh, the prestige and who was the original. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Anyways, know. Um, my favorite part about it though is that he's gagged. He is gagged. Yes, like, it's like that's, that's the best part about. Like we do not want to. We don't want to hear him speak unless we have to. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, what are they? What are they trying to do? So they are attempting to build a god. Yeah. Um, to help with the holy war that is going on between the Eternals um, and the X-Men. Well, their, their reasoning is interesting because mm-hmm. they want to... So, once again, the Eternals, you know, um, you know, are at the mercy of whatever their celestial gods tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their reasoning is, well, if we build another god who can be like, hey... Let's not kill let's all the Let's not X-Men. kill all the X-Men. Um... Then, then that you know, then that will keep. The, then the Eternals can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know how this works. Okay, 
Um, before we even get into like making a god, mm-hmm. if you have two gods, okay, mm-hmm. all right. So this is like Zoroastrianism, okay. It's like Persian stuff. Mm. If you have if you have two gods, okay, sure. and they have competing concepts, yeah, okay. According to Zoroastrianism, um, the winner will always be who which god gets the gets the most followers. Okay. According to what one more time? Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. Yes. Okay. Okay. So like it's the concept of like it, it's concept of like a god of good and a god of evil are going to be equal, and whoever whichever god you follow is going to is going to win. Okay. okay? Uh, that boy that is a like really rudimentary mm-hmm. like some. Some mid Middle Eastern, uh, like like you know, ancient ancient Middle Eastern theologian, is going to comment on fandom correspondence. Like, that is the worst you. thing you've ever done. Okay, I, I, can, I hate you. Can I make it worse? What? So it's basically season five and six of Lost. Actually, no, well, no, I mean, no, <laughs> no, you're not wrong, seriously, because like that season. So, so like Lost is based on that concept. Okay, gotcha. the man in black and whatever Jacob. Jacob. Um, Timothy Jacob and Esau, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I wish you had said that. Oh, oh, I hate that. I hate that concept. Oh, oh, that doesn't work with the biblical narrative at all. Oh, oh, that is not how that works at all. Oh, I hate that so much. Okay. Oh, I wish you hadn't said that. Oh, that is the worst thing. Anyway. Anyway, an and, and, and AME uh, the, uh, theologian is going to come on and have that exact same response to what I just said about Zoroastrianism, so I guess I deserved it. Uh-huh. But like, but that, but that's what I'm saying though. So like, I don't understand how this eternal, the Eternals thing is going to work because even if you create that God, like, are are the Eternals all of a sudden? Because this has never happened before, mm-hmm. going to have the ability to choose which God they want to follow? Because that's never happened before. Um, which might be what Crow is getting at, and when he's like, "This is not going to work mm-hmm. in, in Judgment Day," um, so I don't know. I do know though is like it is it is quite convenient. You know, we need to create a god. Funny, I have the burned out husk living of a god the that I'm host. living yeah. in right here. Um, I, I did forget to mention that. Uh, so the celestial that they defeated in the first arc. Is literally the Avengers' home base. Yeah, now. Uh, they turned it into their home base, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah. also, I'd, if I was Tony, I'd be like, "Oh, but I, I really like. I, it. I really like that. I really That's like, like that this, to a god. Know? Can we can we uh, find another one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and then like a beheaded like thing and like you know. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, we're, like you know, nowhere or nowhere. Whatever. Yeah. We're like, oh, they find casinos on that thing. Let's go make that one. Um, but like, I mean, Jake. If you were in the Marvel Universe... Okay. Okay. Yes. And you were building a god... Sure. <clears throat> I think I know where this question's going. Is Mr. Sinister who you want on that team? So, if I'm in the Marvel Universe, and I'm going to have to build a god, I don't think Mr. Sinister would make my top 50. Yeah. Like, I, maybe I just... top 100. But at the same time... Is he it, is probably the, the world's stuff? most renowned geneticist. Exactly. Like, cause, because, I mean, honestly, if you're looking for a geneticist, who are your options at this point besides him? Because the next one I would think of would be Maureen McTaggart. And Lord knows we don't want to involve I mean, her Reed? in this. Yeah. I mean, 
Reed would would be an option. Like and here, Reed might be an option. Here's I, the thing. Like, they, you know, here's the thing. Tony might just be like, let's pull in like, Reed. Let's pull I, in him. I <laughs> am extremely critical of Reed Richards. Sure. In all things he does. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's only one guy that's cloned to God already, and it's him. That's true. You know that is true. As another guy, where, where, what's Hank? Is Hank Pym still Ultron up in uh, Antarctica? Oh. <laughs> is that what he's doing? Is he still doing that thing? Um, was that Secret Empire? Have they dealt with him? <laughs> um, I really don't know. Okay, I'm really not up to date on know. where Hank Pym is right now. <laughs> I feel like that's a guy that you know would be of use. I'm, I'm just saying, like, what is getting all those guys morally, you know, like ambiguous. morally ambiguous in their issues? Okay. But none of them were Mister Sinister. Well, plus at that point, I mean, why as well as bringing uh, Doctor Doom? But yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you know, I knew that over. Well, I bring in Doctor Doom anyway. Like that's we're, true. We're <laughs> dealing with you know, like it's it's you know, you need to bring in Doctor Doom to this. Doctor Doom should probably be an Avenger, quite frankly. Mm. Um, All right, there's our there's our hot takes. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not he's 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 not a bad guy anymore. I mean, is he? It's the guy named Doctor Doom. I'm not sure if that's. Uh, We're bringing Mister Sinister in to make a god, Jake. <laughs> like are you, the, the guy named Mister Sinister. Like, do I have to explain to you? Like, like Doom, Doom. It was the rhyme scheme that he that that he just loved. So much. I'm just saying, Mister. The guy named Mister Sinister is at least as bad as Doctor Doom. Fair, you know. Fair. <laughs> okay, and at least his name is Victor Von Doom. I have a hard time believing Mr. Sinister's name last name is actually Sinister. Well, it's Nathaniel Essex. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so. there we go. I know. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yes. You fell into my carefully placed trap there. So that's why I'm saying, like, it does. It, it, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I bring in. I bring in Doom. I mean, like, you're gonna bring in all these guys because you've got you've got and you've got a group of Eternals, you know, that are all you know. So so overpowered. Which, by the way, you know, I was extremely annoyed at the idea that knockoff knockoff Thanos has taken Storm and Magneto out. You understand? Yes. I'm annoyed oh, yeah. by that, right? I, once again, I'm taking that as they were caught by surprise. Sure, like I, sure, <laughs> but like it's Storm and Magneto. Okay, literally at the beginning of this book, one of the things that we're talking about is like Storm, who gives us the air we breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, like that Storm, mm-hmm. Magneto, who who put the who who realigned the orbit of this planet, and knock off Thanos comes out and beats them in an hour. You know, like I, I, I that is that is annoying to me. I, I hate I, nothing I, more. Wrestling does this all the time. <laughs> I hate nothing more. Then here's a new guy. He's going to destroy everybody. You know, I hate nothing more than that. Okay. So, I understand they were caught off guard. So kind of help the, 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 kind of help the narrative. Okay. I viewed it as like he landed on the place where they were meeting and like caused a massive explosion and took them out quickly. And then he just laid waste to everyone else around there. Um, that's kind of what I took it as. Well, I'm as telling you right now. Him on guard, I'm like, telling it was you right he now. He fell from the sky. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, hashtag Kieran Gillen. Okay, there better be a moment where Storm and Magneto are like round two, son. Okay, <laughs> all right. In order to make this work, because there is no way. There's, there's just no way. You've created characters that are terraforming planets by themselves, that are put, that are realigning the orbit of planets by themselves. I don't care what Titan shows up, okay? All right, that person should not be, you know, just straight up dominating, 
you know, the, the those characters. I, I don't care. Like, that is just weird to me, you no, know? It's not, I mean, so, not you know, wrong. so I, I'm just saying there better be that moment, all right? You know, if nothing else, okay, there are two things that need to happen. Drig needs to die at the end of this, and knock off Thanos needs to die at the end of this too, okay? Because we don't need a second Thanos, um, you know, and we definitely don't need Drig uh, around anymore at all. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you on either front of that because both of those characters are awful. Um, I'm looking up who wrote X-Men Red. Okay, it's Al Ewing. Okay. Because my thought process was, because at, at first, because I, I can't remember, I knew Ewing was writing one and Kieran Gillen was writing the other. <coughs> Kieran Gillen's writing Immortal X-Men. Okay. Right, he's doing the council stuff. Yeah, he's doing the council stuff. So my thought process was, if you have you read X Men Red yet? I can't remember. Okay, but I know it's about Mars. Yeah, it's it's about the Mars group. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's about the group that apparently yeah. gets taken out by Uranus. Um, which actually, I think the next book we're gonna read, um, in order is the X Men Red. So I'm assuming it'll be the fallout from mm-hmm. that actually. So so maybe we'll get more insight into that into how he was able to do that. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I just I I think we'll get. I think the entire point of this, with the two attacks happening, um, I think there's a I think there's a pretty big pushback coming to the Eternals. I think it's pretty decent. Pushback. I mean, I would hope so. Um, I, th- I think we're I think we're gonna have some good X Men moments. Um, the question the question does line up is that is the Avengers are the Avengers going to be more like a is it going to be more like a triple threat, or is the Avengers going to side with one way or the other? Because um, it's very clearly, right now, X-Men versus Eternals. We know that. But where do the Avengers fall in? Do you have a prediction on that? I think the Avengers are going to play... Um, play both sides? Play, play both sides through the middle. Okay. Okay. I, think, I think, because like the thing, I think the Avengers here are playing... Um, if this war gets out of hand, it's going to raise the entire Earth. Sure. So, Fair. like, I think that's where they're going to end up playing. I gotcha. Um, so they're more know. defensive of ever of everything kind of happening. Yeah, pretty much. But, okay. but once again, I do think there is a there is a shift coming to this comic, um, where this comic is going to be much more about um, the questionably moral morals morally things that have that all these characters have done mm. from <laughs> from Tony Stark. All the way down through all the X Men. I think I think that's the shift that is coming to I this. Gotcha. I think that's why it's called Judgment Day. And my assumption would be is like they're going to build this god who is like supposed to write this holy writ, and he's going to look around back. All you guys are jerks, and so we're going to judge every one of you, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're going to stand, you know. That that's my assumption of what's going to happen. Um, in regards, real quick to Immortal or X Men Red, the next issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, the only thing I will accept is that if Uranus comes down and he has two oddishes in each hand and they hit him all with sleep powder. Okay? <laughs> that is the only thing I will accept Okay, as canon for why Storm and Magneto Omega level mutants can't stand up to a Titan. That is the only thing I will accept. Once again, okay, I, and, and here's the thing, if that happens, 10 out of 10, okay, Best book ever. But it has to be an Oddish. It has two Oddish. One in each hand. Because you have to have one for Magneto and one for Storm. One for Storm. Okay. Okay. So, okay. All right. I'll raise you one. 
What if he has two Jigglypuffs? Mm-mm. No. no, has to be Sleep Powder because 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 I do because Magneto's got the he's the got helmet. the helmet the helmet. You know, you're right. It's okay, on, that, that's right. on me. That's yeah. on me. Okay, has to be Sleep Powder. Has to be Sleep Powder. I thought about that. I thought about Jigglypuff song. No, has to be Oddish. Okay, just Bam coming out of the, just coming out of just like teleporting out of the sky with two Oddish and then just like. Bam, and then they're like, "Is that powder?" And is then that- like they go to sleep, <laughs> oh, no. and then they die. Okay, it was that is so the, cute. That is the only explanation I will accept. Okay, I will not accept any other explanation. I'm going on record as saying that right now. Okay, follow up question: Would you physically explode if they did a Marvel Pokemon? Crossover, right, I would, like I, I, I would die. Like, I would. like imagine like Pikachu, Thor, and Storm all charging right. in together. Exactly, like. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because they're basically the same power level. They're all, all yeah. of them, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I would be. I'd be one hundred percent down for that. Yeah. <laughs> one of these is a I'm guy. thinking more like the other two are Storm. And Thor. I'm just like I'm just like Hulk and like Blastoise, you know, like going or Hulk and Tyranitar, like yeah. you know, going yeah. to town. Like that'd be amazing. This this podcast went to a depressing <coughs> spot. It did <laughs> for a finale. It did Pokemon Marvel crossovers, but these are the things that happen on Brothers with Issues, my friends. Um, we thank you all so very much for listening to this. Um, Obviously, be checking out, be watching the space. We've got other things coming. If you have not had a chance to listen to our other podcasts, such as the EU or EU Review, if you are a Star Wars fan, um, we've got some fun ones on there. Although, apparently, uh, that's the one where I rant a bit much um, about my love for Charles Soule. However, that's not an apology. That's just a, a, a warning. Um, because I will never apologize for ranting about my love for Charles Soule as a writer. Um, but... Thank you all so much for listening to us. I know there's so many podcasts you could be listening to, and if you have just listened to what is currently going on, an hour and 20 minutes of two dudes ranting about three Marvel comics, um, we can't thank you all enough for your continued support. And, uh, yeah, I think the next episode we're going to be doing is probably going to be catching us up on some of the Dark Crisis stuff. So right. we're going to be switching back to DC, and Josh will be taking over on that one, uh, at least for Brothers with Issues. we got other things coming for you on Phantom Talk itself. But, yeah, thank you all once again so much. Remember, as always, that fandom is for everyone and everything. We hope you all have a wonderful (laughs) evening. We'll see you all next time.